What's up? This is Matt Franco. And this is Eric Dittleman. Welcome to Mind Over Magic. Number 66. What's up, buddy? Uh, I'm good, man. I'm a little tired. I've had a, a lot of lot to talk about because I've been living life for the cast. That's <laughs> how what are, I like to hear. How are you, man? Excellent. It's been a crazy week. I yeah. had some travels back and forth. You've had a bunch, too. I yeah. want to hear about your NACA showcase. Yeah. Um, I got some... We talked about prop management last week or prop ma- maintenance last yeah, week right so i've got a little uh thing on that same token of voice protection oh voice yeah. maintenance yeah that exactly. i'd love to get into with you today see what's going on with that because you have the uh the music background you used to teach chorus right and we've touched upon that in the past too when you were you were sick but i'm definitely feeling it today too after i you know yeah i i literally went from uh winston-salem for for this NACA conference, uh, for for showcasing for the the, the college buyers, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, then I had a gig in the middle of the conference, so I went to Atlanta, did a show, right, and then I flew back to Winston Salem the next day, to mm-hmm. to finish the conference, and then right. I flew back to New York to go to a friend's wedding. So <laughs> I am exhausted as we record this. <laughs> Living life. Yeah, yeah. So tell me about the showcase. This is a big deal for anyone listening. When you're showcasing at one of these big conferences, there are just buyers everywhere. Right. And you get an opportunity to do, I think in this case it was 20 minutes. Yeah, I did the variety showcase. Uh, throughout the years when we started, like the every showcase was 20 minutes and then like gradually went 15 and then 10. And then we were like, variety acts need a little bit more time because in order to showcase what they do, there's a, usually some setup and so forth. So they kind of added this variety category back in and added 20 minutes. So that I got that slot. Uh, and it was also interesting going back to conferences just because this is the first one back, you know, mm-hmm. live since the pandemic. So everyone's- And it was smaller, yeah? Much smaller, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're kind of go- went away with the regions. They kind of divided them up by different parts of the country at this point, but now they're just holding them in different cities and other people that happen to be around. So it's sort of regional, but not necessarily bound by the regions now. So if I'm in Minnesota at a school in Minnesota, I can fly in to go to the one in Florida. Yeah. That- wow, so much has changed yeah 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 something okay. like that so um so yeah the uh i was the first day so um sound check was in the afternoon so i got there a day early so that always extends the travel even more mm-hmm. uh and then uh there was a lot of different changes as well uh, there was a catwalk so normally it's just the stage and then there's like a little thrust that's like right immediately next to the stage and you're like mm-hmm. a lot of the um the the acts that you know comedians or singer songwriters or even like mentalists and some magicians perform on that little thrust because that's all they need and the you know the back curtain is more reserved for uh like the bands and stuff so that people could set up behind you uh we walk into the room and it's not just a little thrust. It is a large jutting, like, like literally a catwalk walk down mm-hmm. in the middle of the room. And they also did change the seating. So it's not just like standard rows. It was arced. So there was even um, uh, seats behind me, like almost wow. like 45 mm-hmm. degree angles behind, which, you know, for my act doesn't matter. But I was thinking of right. any other magicians were showcasing like, right. You got to let them know if you make those changes. <laughs> Well, normally there was a stage plot that was like submitted ahead of time. If I remember correctly, you would kind of submit your stage plot and they would give you a little bit of a layout. Yeah, I think so. And I I think just like what they got in there, saw the space and decided to go rogue. 
And <laughs> okay. Oh, so this was like just the people setting it up. They, yeah, perhaps. Wow. I don't know. I mean, I was definitely uh, every act that I saw that walked in there was a little like, whoa, what's happening? So like, did you utilize the catwalk in your performance? Well, I performed at the end of it. So it was at that thrust because that's kind of where I had to be. But I was more worried about time because it was used to be the moment you hit your music, mm-hmm. they start the clock. And I was like, oh, can right. you give me a little leeway? Because like, I'm going to take it like it's going to take me 20 seconds to get to that spot in the middle of the, the, middle of the audience now. Right. <laughs> so they're like, we'll right. really give you a little leeway. So, well, let's yeah. see. The, I, yeah. I, I, I want to say like, so these these showcase opportunities, I'm like sort of getting nervous just even talking about mm-hmm. it, thinking about it, visualizing it so to give people a little paint a picture here. It. it it's it's not a competition, but at the same time, you want to be remembered. This is a very right. important performance. Every single showcase is so important mm-hmm. um, for your business. Yeah, and it's, and they're it, well produced. And and yeah, you have to you have you have to put your best foot forward because again, this could potentially lead to you know thousands of dollars of bookings if you do well. Uh, many, 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 many. Yeah, many yeah. of the Tens schools. Of thousands. Are, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. So you, there is that pressure behind it as well. But I, I've i showcased several times at these, so I know that like the bookings will come in, whether oh, it's an right. amazing showcase or maybe not my 100% A material, you know. Uh, well, sometimes it's not yeah. your material. It's just right. for whatever reason, the yeah. weather that day, how it's received, sure, what exactly. went on before you, what went on after you. I mean, it, it really depends. How much of their budgets they've already spent on day one, right. if you're on day two. It, it, there's so many factors, but... Do you get nervous before this? I wasn't that nervous before. Uh, Are you excited? No, I was just kind of. Well, I was excited. Yeah, I was excited to perform and just do it because it's been mm-hmm. a while. But um, again, I didn't didn't put that pressure on myself of like this has to go um, like super perfect in order to like get bookings because I'm I'm confident in my agent and you know I know the work yeah. will come in and yes. I even you know go to the other conferences where I don't showcase and I still get bookings just from being in the booth so it's like Absolutely. this is just an added bonus if it goes well that I you know this will this will kind of guarantee what next year will probably look like in terms of bookings so uh what was interesting during the showcase Matt I gotta tell you uh I was last because they put the variety last and um the MC we had a great MC the the Dubois uh who are friends of mine and you know them pretty well as well yeah. from doing the market forever they do an amazing circus act and uh they utilize the catwalk great you know like him doing his unicycle up and down the catwalk and, uh so Michael doing that and Victoria doing like the hula hooping and throwing the hoop down so they they loved the catwalk <laughs> mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. but for uh they they introed me and I come out and I'm last and like the, the audience was great the audience was really good because again these are all college students who've been locked inside so th- I think they were eager and they were excited to see every single um act that was showcasing yeah uh, I got a great reaction off to my first routine um where uh you know describing the prediction uh what someone was wearing he had a great reaction uh the person who was brought up with that and then I go into my blindfold act and I bring someone up on stage and let's just say he was a little overzealous okay <laughs> really into it one of those participants who wanted to make the show about him and say many lines whenever you asked him a quick question just a long answer every time you know oh that's so interesting yes and it's like okay i'm showcasing right so uh, yeah right 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 i only have a certain amount of time in fact i think i said that i was like you know i'm being timed here right so i was gonna, right i was feeling pretty loose 
and like I don't know, maybe it was the confidence of like doing some open mics and stuff like that. I'm just like, sure, whatever happens now, I'm fine. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> he was, you know, going all over the place with the duct tape and everything, and it's getting laughs from the audience. The audience is loving it, like just how oh good, how, like, okay, not frazzled I was, but like handling how potentially awkward this situation could have been. Right, and then the weirdest thing happens. I'm blindfolded. I hand, prior I hand out three clipboards that people draw drawings with. He goes and collects them, hands me the drawings face down between my palms, and I'm kind of just riffling through them real briefly. And then I feel one, two, three, four drawings. I handed out three clipboards and ended up with four drawings back. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, during my wow. showcase. How did you, where did the fourth piece of paper come from? I'm still wondering, supposedly. Okay. <laughs> I guess just someone had a sheet of paper on them okay. and okay. with their own pen decided to draw something as well. And as he was collecting the three clipboards, they held it up and he grabbed the fourth one as well. Oh, I feel like this could have an incredible turnout though. <laughs> well, I was just like, kind of like making, like like counting. I was like, are there four here? I definitely, like, and again, I'm calling out the elephant in the room because the audience mm -hmm. sees me hand out three clipboards and I'm just like, what is happening? And I like literally at one point in the showcase, I was just like, this is just going off the rails. And I'm just like, everyone's laughing and like going on. I was like, well, I didn't expect to do four. I guess I'll do a fourth one. And, you know, I was able to um, reveal that one first just by coincidence, but I'm glad I did because it was with pen, so no one could really see it. Oh so right, you know, yeah. Good thing you didn't save it. Yeah. yeah. So they they um they like responded, and I got the yeses that I was getting everything right in the microphone because mm -hmm. I that was also interesting to figure out the blocking of the showcase because it was sort of in the round of like where right. How do my, you hold that up for my, people to be able to see it? Uh huh. So I had to have my participant kind of like almost like Vanna White it from mm -hmm. left to right and like make sure you get the people that were sort of behind me. And then I set up a microphone. I had to a, a, a change gears of how I normally block it. There was an aisle down the middle and I just set up a microphone almost Comic-Con style to have my participants line up and then respond into that microphone on a stand, right? <laughs> so anyway, the person who added their own drawing was first and I was still getting the yeses there and so forth. And so like, even though they couldn't see what the drawing is because of the lighting and it was pen, I was still getting the confirmations that I was correct. So I was happy that happened. Awesome. And then the other three went, but it extended that bit longer than I expected. Right. <laughs> so then I had like only just a few minutes and I just like did an abridged version of the Instagram effect I've been doing on this tour. But okay. I'm glad I, I'm glad I did it because then, you know, people, um, you know, freaked out. I, I brought up a girl named Chesapeake and she happened to be thinking of the word bay. So, <laughs> I mean, it wow. was kind of related, but I, I right. kind of wish that jump was a little bit further to be a little right. bit more impressive. But right, I think they right. were still impressed that, you know, she was like freaking out. And then everyone else was like, you know, got some follows on the Instagram, which helped, uh, you know, so people yeah, stay, of course. You stay, stay connected. in touch. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, the showcase went well, and everyone came up to me after, and they were like, oh, you handle like a pro, and like that, it was good that I could show off the improv skills, you know, flex those right. muscles, and yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how, we'll see what comes from it. <laughs> hey, speaking of off the rails, I didn't, I didn't actually plan on getting into this, but um, so when I, I flew uh, to the East Coast this past week, and I did a talk show, which I still can't really talk about, but I will tell you something funny that happened, mm -hmm. uh, speaking of off the rails. I did sort of a borrowed item vanish type thing. Okay. Yeah. To yeah. the host of said show. Sure. And there was some sort of miscommunication. Uh, <laughs> now the host wasn't present for the the blocking rehearsal. Right. They could have been, but 
it's better that they be surprised and see the magic for the first time on Absolutely. camera. Right, right, right. Which is what we did. So uh, there was a miscommunication, I'm assuming, between the producer and the host's ear, what have you. So the item vanishes or what have you. And the host went to break before it came back. <laughs> really? Really. That's so it was so like funny. Boom, vanished, gone. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. More with Matt when we come back, that sort of thing. <laughs> and it's not the type of thing that's impressive if you reveal it after a commercial break. Right. So because... it only vanished. There was no oh, prestige. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, because but, you know, if you go to a commercial, like you could have had all the time in the world to place it anywhere in that break. I, and that's I, what the audience is going to assume. Yeah. I could have sewn it into the lining of a jacket over the commercial break. I mean, come on. <laughs> you could have, uh, you know, that uh, the, the, the standard uh, magic, like the bill and lemon and whatever. You could yeah. have grown a lemon. In I the could time. have grown a lemon. <laughs> <laughs> Title of the episode, you could have grown a lemon. Um, no, that's true. That's absolutely true. And there were two ways to go with it. I mean, I could have kicked and screamed and said, no, this has to be a certain way. Let's yeah. do it again or whatever. Yeah. Um, or roll with the punches because everyone was like super happy with it. The crowd thought it was hilarious. Um, so I was just like, <laughs> all right, move on. Let's go to the next bit. That's so, so that's funny. what we did. Yeah. And I'm sure too, uh, like uh, when this airs, there'll be those magicians who are like, what a weird choice. Like, why is this routine where he just, Matt just vanishes something and doesn't even care about where, where it went? Right, right. But, why was that signed? <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but not knowing the inside story and how as a pro you have to adapt. And sometimes like you just have to project that that was the intended consequence. You know, that and was the, the funny thing intended is, result. Yeah. <laughs> and the funny thing is, I, I think you're right. I think it will only be magicians at home that go that was a little weird i think to everyone else it was just a fun bit <laughs> yeah nice yeah that's i think awesome. so i really that's do great. i really do so anyway i tried not to uh, get too worked up about that right <laughs> it's almost that analogy too of like when a juggler drops a ball towards the end of their set like that's the end you know that's the end of the right show. they just let them all go and right, just, right you know that's it's, it's the intention behind it and maybe when you don't mean for things to happen it can actually as long as you're confident and projecting that confidence out towards the audience they're never going to know the difference because they don't know what's supposed to happen right right Right. So, so it was uh, it was funny. I took it, a, you know, I had to take it all in stride. There's really no choice there other than kicking and screaming, which I really don't think would have been the right move. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. And, and in the showcase, too, like people were complimenting on how off the rails it was going and how I was able to, like, manage this uh, audience member. But the fun part is they were also saying things that were intentionally in the show that seem improvised. So the mm -hmm. fact that they couldn't tell the difference of the things that I do every time I do that show and the things that were really off the rails, I was like, all right, so now we know that that, that those quote improv moments that seem random that are normally there are actually projecting the what they're supposed to be. <laughs> so that was a nice little tip for me as I showcase as well. I had a really funny, I mean, circumstance last night. We've talked about this before, and usually my answer is like, oh, that never happens to me. I'm mm -hmm. not confrontational. But like I had a guy on stage. I had four people on stage, which I believe it was two couples. And I'm working with the first couple, and the reactions are just wonderful. And um, it's a newer thing that I'm doing, and it, it goes over really well. Then I go over to the next guy. And... I turn over a card and this guy apparently has heard of a double lift before, which I wasn't doing. Sure. But he has heard of a double lift because oh. he goes, that's two cards. <gasps> yeah. And I go, would you like to feel it? <laughs> <laughs> and I hand it to him and he's like, well, it was before. I'll be like, 
all right. So like, all right, now I know yeah. what I'm working with with this yeah. dude. So like, I quickly put him in his place and just kind of like make things happen that he's not expecting, mm-hmm. and quickly move on to the next person, which is his significant other. Never in a million years do you imagine they're both going that's to skeptical. have similar personalities. <laughs> that I mean, that never happens. Yeah. <laughs> sure enough. So she like touches a card, and then when I turn it over to show it to her, the one that she selected, she goes, I said, do you like this one? And she goes, I'm sure that's not the one that I picked, but yeah, it's fine. Wow. Right? Which is just such a weird thing. I'm like, okay, I just want to show it to the camera. Now that everyone knows what it is, give you a very clear opportunity to change your mind because you seem skeptical. <laughs> do you want this one or do you want to change? Look at my face. I do not care. <laughs> right? <laughs> but like, you're such a, and, and I've grown such sympathy for people that react this way because I know they do it mm-hmm. from a place of just really feeling discomfort on stage. Like, sure. Even if they're raising their hand, jumping up and down to be picked, once people get on stage, it's not a place of comfort for them. Right. So I understand that they're going to do things or say things that may or may not come off as likable to the audience. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's my job to try to make them feel and look good. Right. Which- as best I can. But I still don't I, I'm not as sympathetic because it's also like, you know what a magic show is and you came to a magic show and the rest of the audience, you're aware there's an audience that's watching as well that wants to enjoy this magic show. So why are you making this more difficult unless they think calling you out or what they think is is showing how good you really are and they're making the circumstances that more difficult for you to eventually succeed which i think is a backwards way to think about that's it. not what they're doing no. yeah um i think it's a case of them not understanding a magic show i mm-hmm. think it's them thinking that magic is just a puzzle where their their job is to try to figure it out right and like boy what a not great thing to do when you're sitting in front of me and i have a deck of cards in my hand right. i mean i could just run circles all sure, day sure i mean there's no place i'm more comfortable right like <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah literally you know we have one handheld camera and four people on stage and a deck of cards i mean the, the opportunities are endless here right uh, of directions i can go in but i'm never going to make them mm-hmm. feel stupid when i say put him in his place i mean yeah. show that he has no show that what he's saying is incorrect to the rest of the audience make the card pop out of somewhere completely different that no one's right. expecting and then move on that's right. what i mean by put him in his place not make him feel stupid because what they're trying to do is not feel stupid right yeah. which is silly because i would never make them feel that way right exactly and i've dealt with skeptics in my show but usually they at least know a show is still happening and this is supposed to be entertaining. And then like after the show, I'll have more, that's more likely when people come up and be like, Oh, I think you might've done it this way or this way or this way. And Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, that's the correct time to bring this up. Like, I still don't love it, (laughs) but like, at least it's not in the middle of the show derailing it. Right. That's, that's right. Right. And uh, you know, how I approach those people are, you know, sometimes, if they're just way off, I'll be like, no, because you forgot this happened or something like that. But sometimes I'll be just like, you're close. And I'll give them like a little conceit, you know, a conceit a little bit too, just mm-hmm. because I it was like, well, I want this interaction to be over and I'll give them a, a few inches of the rope <laughs> so that they can just, we can just go their separate ways and they feel like they've, you know, whatever solved it. If that's all they're trying to do from it. But if, that was, if that's what makes them feel better. Right. And, and lots of, it's so crazy. Like people do walk away feeling like they've solved things when like, they just completely have it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and and at exactly. that point, it doesn't matter if they solved it correctly or not because they believe they did. I mean, it's mm-hmm. our job to try to create moments of uh, magic and mystery where people walk away going, well, there's just no possible way. Yeah. Close but all some those brains, doors, yeah. Some brains don't work that way. And mm-hmm. some brains 
will find a door that's not there. Yeah, yeah. Right? Exactly. You close all those doors so that they're in a room without any openings or windows, but they'll still find a window even if it's not mm-hmm. there. They'll find a way that it could have been done even if that wasn't possible. So yeah. you never know. And when I went back after my trip to Atlanta, which we'll get to in a moment, like on the day three of the conference, that you know, when I'm in the booth and interacting with people, you get a lot of those kind of questions of like, how do you do this? That comes up a lot. And, you know, mm-hmm. after you do your little booth demo and show like, here's some other mind reading, some people stick around. They just want to know things about what we do because it's so weird and interesting. And that can come up is like, how do you deal with people who can be skeptical or they think they know how it's done or they think they think they think they know, you know, it's like different levels of that as you go. And it's just kind of like, you know, I'm I'm fairly honest with what I do, because I was like, if I lie on stage, I even try, you know, to be honest on stage with what I'm doing. But sometimes right. you need to tell, you know, in, in a deceptive profession like this, it's, it just comes with the territory. But off stage, I try to be as honest as possible. So it's like, oftentimes when you think magic's happening, psychology's happening and vice versa, my job's to blur that line is one of the things I say to people, you know? But it's like, if you think, if you're just satisfied and you think you know how it's done, sure. That's how you've done. Great. That's like, all that matters, right? At the end of the yeah, yeah, I mean whether you're right or wrong, if you think that's matter. right, you're correct. Right. Right. <laughs> so uh yeah. So I had to fly out in the middle of the conference and I had to go to uh I, I got to go to Atlanta and I got to perform at a school, a gorgeous school, a fun crowd, smaller crowd. Um uh, I think they're just like they have a new program and they're getting the word out that they do these like late night events. Uh, but they were all super excited and super fun uh, to be there. But while I was in town, I saw another performer friend of mine happened to be performing at another school in Atlanta. And I was just like, hey, you want to meet up? And he's like, yeah, I would love to. But I'm going to a magic convention that's also happening <laughs> right what now. What was the convention? I didn't even know it was happening, but it's the Atlanta harvest of magic I, okay. I could have that wrong but it's something those three words are in it somewhere um ken scott is the uh the the, the basically the uh the organizer and apparently it happens every other year because it's a you know kind of a lot to to put together but they had all these amazing names i didn't get to actually go into the conference itself i kind of just hung out in the bar with some friends and saw some people and took us forever we were starving after our shows and it took us forever to order this pizza that seemed like it took like two hours to come. But uh, but we we're just eating pizza, drinking some drinks in the lobby and like schmoozing with, um, you know, Michael Amar was there. Wow. Uh, uh, Jeff McBride. I t- sent you a photo of him on yep. stage. I popped my head into the room while he was doing a Q&A and I only got to say hi to him briefly before I had to leave and catch my, uh, you know, go back to my hotel and get a few hours of sleep in before my flight right. back to North Carolina. What uh, a fun little surprise. Yeah, that you it was to so do fun. Uh, even Puck from my season of AGT was there. So we caught up yep. a little bit because I haven't really seen him since that, you know, way right. back when. So it was really fun to see a lot of people. And then, of course, uh, I got to talk a little bit with uh, Brent Braun, who we've brought up on this podcast a lot yep. recently. And uh, yep. his whole experience with consulting for AGT and all that stuff. So, you know, he, he had to... Um, you know, sit in the lobby after his lecture and all the people coming up to him and fielding questions and kind of like that. And like that, that's all part of the job when you're at these conventions. And mm-hmm. he was saying like, that's where he makes a lot of his living is doing these lectures and 
selling products and like that kind of stuff. So he's when he's at a conference, he's always on. You can't have a, like that downtime. And it was very similar to how I felt when I go to the you know the the booking conferences. Absolutely. You know, back in North Carolina, it's like you're always on. You got to be at your best. You know, even when you're not in your booth or showcasing, you're, you're still, draining. It's you're, draining. Yeah, you're still running into people on the sidewalk to and from the hotel and the conference center, and you're just gotta. It's be, a fun environment. It though. is fun. It's so draining, but it's such a yeah. fun environment. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's some fun parts, too, is, like, NACA actually ended early. Like, uh, the schedule was so different. So we had, like, the, the you used to, when you were doing it, Matt, with a, it was, like, two separate marketplaces a day. So they kind of combined those into two hours. So you do it all in one shot. And then um, the last day used to go late to, like, 11 or whatever. We wrapped up by 6. And then we wow. just kind of, like, I found an arcade bar. Played some of course video you did. games. The last time I <laughs> met you in food. New York, I think you dragged me to some sort of arcade bar. <laughs> yeah. Uh, met up with my old roommate who lives in LA as a comic. You know, it was so great. Nice. So it was fun to see people and kind of reconnect and everything like that. But man, flying in and out and then making it to this wedding the next day in Jersey, I was just like, I'm, I'm beat, man. I'm tired. I, you could probably hear it in my voice. Uh, there you go. Which is a Look good, good segue. <laughs> To what we're going to talk about in a bit. But what do we say? We break it up and do a little. Diddle me this, diddle me that. Will Eric end up stumping Matt? Riddles! Okay, Matt, let's do some riddles now. Um, I'll see how you're doing this one. I, I added a line to this in case uh, you need it, but I don't know. It's not in the original riddle, so we'll see if it, it might be a hint. So, alone, I am 24th. With a friend, I am 20. Another friend, and I am unclean. What am I? All right. Let's back that up one more time. Yeah. Alone, I am 24th. With a friend, I am 20. Another friend, and I am unclean. Unclean. Yes. And is this with the line added or not added? I haven't added the line. Alone, I am 24th. With a friend, I'm 26th? No. Alone, I am 24th. With a friend, I am 20. Another friend, I am unclean. What am I? Another friend, I am unclean. Yes. Alone, I am 24th. Nothing comes to mind other than like months of the year, leap year. um, But that doesn't match. Uh, Mm -hmm. 24th. 24th. 24 is not having any significance in my head right now. I'll, I'll, I'll add a friend and I am 20. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine how that go. how that <laughs> you add a friend and you minus four. That's not making any sense. And then unclean. Mm-hmm. So if you add uh, another friend, then you're unclean. Add another friend and I'm unclean. So I'm thinking like math, chalkboard, you know, yeah. The chalkboard is unclean the more you add, but that's not mm. it. Um, do you want the, at, the line I added? Maybe that'll be good a hint. Okay. I do, yes. So I'll do the whole riddle one more time, but with my added line. Alone, I am 24th. With a friend, I am 20. Another friend, I am unclean. Control or command me, I will cut you. Oh. All right, now we're looking at a keyboard. Hmm. Computer keyboard, which I have in front of me. Uh, alone, I am 24th, add a friend, then I'm 20, and then add another, I am unclean, 
And then the last line was, controller, command me, and I will cut you. Yeah, I just like that phrase. It's like, <laughs> it, seems, it fits. It sounds like a real sentence. Controller, command me, I will I, cut you. I mean, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. No, nine, you don't have ten. to count the keys on your keyboard. Oh. <laughs> um, is it one of the letters on the keyboard? Perhaps. So why wouldn't I have to count? You don't, well, you don't have to count them on the keyboard. But where else do you find letters, Matt? Oh, in the <laughs> alphabet? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so Z, Y, X. Letter X. <laughs> so it's 24, nice. 24th in the alphabet. Two X's next to each other. You're it's talking Ro- Roman numerals. Roman wow, numerals. Hard, yeah. Another friend. X, X, X. Unclean. Yeah. Dirty. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then yeah. my line I added is control or command me, depending on if you're a PC or a Mac. You control, added a great line. Control command. <laughs> control X is a cut. Yeah. You're getting really good at this. <laughs> no, that's a great addition to the riddle, actually. It makes Thank it you. almost complete. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's switch over to trivia. Matt picks up the question. Then he stares at it. Eric's at the ready. Time to use his wit. Pressure. 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 Trivia. Pressure. Trivia. What is the only mammal born with horns? Ooh, I do love animal trivia. So this, I, I'm very happy about this already. Um, hmm. I have an idea right off the bat, but I don't know if they're technically horns or not. Although horns are usually just like made of hair. A lot of these, a lot of horns, rather than like people think like just bones sticking out. Um, I'm between two. I think it's an African animal that you see like maybe on the savanna. Um, my first thought, and I don't think this is the right one, um, was, well, you said horns, plural. So now, hmm, uh, <laughs> I'm talking this out. So my first thought was giraffe, like the little nubbins that come out of their heads. And I don't know if those are technically horns or not. And I believe that was a question on Cash Cab was like they told what these nubbins were called and like what is the animal. And then we knew it was giraffe. So we did backwards. But oh, I don't wow. I don't know if they're born on that, uh, born with that. I think they are, but I don't know if they're horns. That's where I'm thinking. And then I immediately thought, like, rhinos have horns. Like, they have a horn. Um, they got to have a horn when they're born. So I'm going to go with rhino. Okay, so just the question is horns, though, plural uh, for, okay. for one animal. Just to oh, per one like, animal. Okay. What is the only mammal born with horns? Gotcha. Okay, so it wasn't what mammals are born with horns, which would nope, justify Nope, just the want to plural. clarify, make sure you got all the information mm. before you lock in. Yeah. Uh, all right, do you have choices? Nope. No. No, because that would give it away. <laughs> 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 you just have to think. Um, hmm, hmm, hmm. Trying to think if there's anything else with multiple horns. Like rams, maybe? I don't know. Do they have, like, they, got, they have horns? Um, elephants have tusks. Welcome to the part of the podcast where I just describe animals. <laughs> um, do baby rams have horns? I don't know. Goats? Do goats have horns? I don't There's think... only one mammal that's born with horns. Oh, only man. One. Only one. I'm going to I'm gonna go with a ram then. Is it a ram? No! <laughs> you should have is... gone with your instincts right off the bat. It was a giraffe? Yes. Oh, I'm going to give myself that because I technically have it, right? (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Uh, I second-guessed myself. Uh, Now I'm curious on how rams get their horns. Yeah, me too. 
Yeah, we'll have to look into that. <laughs> um, Can't wait. How about we jump into a uh, mailbag, Matt? Please, please. The mailbag. I've got mail. Uh, we got a couple here I wanted to touch upon, Matt. Um, one is uh, we got a response from our friend Alex from last episode as well. And uh, he gave us this a little- This is so su- exciting. Yeah. He gave us a surprise. Well, one, he was very thankful and happy we read his email, which was, again, very, very kind. Uh, but I we, we kind of teased it on the episode last week that he had a surprise for us. and uh, I'm so flattered by this. We talked about this right before we came on, and I just think it's the coolest thing ever. Thank t- you, Alex. T- tell our listeners, Matt, what our surprise is. <laughs> so Alex, uh, our, our one of our listeners that we highlighted in the last episode that had sent some mail in, had a surprise for us, and it's that he actually created a... The, the very first draft ever of a Mind Over Magic website, and yeah. I think it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's it's pretty. The effort you put into this is amazing, Alex, that you There's took the trailer. time. There's a There's trailer. There's a video trailer that's yeah. like well done with the theme song of the podcast and the timing and the cuts and the like clips from talk shows. and th- mm-hmm, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's so cool. Yeah, and he's got all our contact, contact page. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a, like a little bio of each of us. I I I just think it's so awesome. Um, yeah, I mean Eric's the website guy, so he'll probably have like notes for you. But I think it's amazing right off the bat. Yeah, it's pretty incredible the amount of work that just went to put this together. And I mean, it, it still baffles us that we have fans and listeners who will go to these links so thank you Alex that's amazing that's I've never had a fan make me a website ever right yeah this is unbelievable <laughs> and when I say Eric's the website I mean he, he understands coding much more than I do you've created sure. websites yeah. so you look at it with a, a, a critical eye um and and but it do you, what do you think yeah I, I mean I I definitely have like a few little tweaks but I mean it definitely is something we could use so I it's I'm, unbelievable it is really yeah. unbelievable I I'll probably get back to you Alex in a like a week or two once I can decompress from my travels yes uh, but uh but eventually we'll uh, yeah we'll uh we'll make a few tweaks and we'll uh we'll target the uh the mind over magic website to this site probably and just have that up and going so uh people can we can tell people how to find it contact oh well it'll be our website so once we make the tweaks yeah we'll okay. do that so uh this will be a tease and we'll we'll announce when it's live uh through our um through our domain uh this is we'll, unbelievable yeah, we'll, alex we'll this is there. so cool and let me just say it's so much better than the one we previously had because we didn't have one at all. Right. Yeah. We were just so linking light years ahead, linking to the Podbean site. <laughs> and so. I love the reasoning for doing it too. It's like because you guys had talked about it on previous episodes. Like we just always talk about that we're going to make a website and right. then we never do. Just kind of how we're going to have these special guests on. At some point. Yeah. Next yeah, thing you know, you know, Alex gonna is going to be getting on the phone with Simon Cowell trying to get him on the podcast, you know? So you never know. Exactly. exactly. No, Alex, thank you so much. It's really yeah. cool. And I can't wait for people to see what you've created. Thank you so much. Really appreciate that, Alex. Uh, and thanks for writing in. Uh, we've got another uh, question that came in, and I want to touch upon this and get your thoughts behind it. But uh, Ulrich uh, messaged us and he says, how do you approach people when you do close up at restaurants and such? Love your podcast. Wow. I did restaurants for years. Um Gosh, back in the day, I used to, my, my thing was I used to do them during the week. Right. So that, you know, I used it as an opportunity not only to work on my 
short set of magic, but also as an opportunity to hand out business cards where you could do the higher paying gigs on the weekends, right? So you want to do your restaurants on Wednesday, Thursday. Also, restaurants like you there on those days because uh, if you can attract customers on days in the middle of the week, that's fantastic. Yeah, so I don't know if the question. Uh, well, I think we can interpret this question two ways. Is one? Oh, how- I know I didn't answer it. I was just giving a preliminary. No, uh, of course, background. of course. Yeah. But I, I don't know if he's asking uh, how do you approach the restaurant to get start working and doing close up at a restaurant, right. or how do you actually approach those tables and interrupt people while they're eating? Like, do you have uh, wh- which one do you want to tackle first? Well, I think it's the second one, as I assume yeah. what he what he meant there. So we'll start there and. I think the the first the the immediate answer is how do you approach people while they're eating? The answer is you don't. Mm-hmm. Right. You, and, and and you make sure when you do pitch to your restaurant that you let them know that you're not mm-hmm. going to be interrupting people while they're eating. This is a service that you provide uh, while people are waiting for their food or waiting for their order or maybe there's a long wait. Maybe you're working the line if there's a oh, outside. a long a, yeah. a waiting room or something where people can't get tables yet or you you're kind of need to be autonomous and find where those gaps are that need to be filled so that you can be of service to the restaurant. And um, that's a great technique too when yeah like you're saying when you're offering this to the restaurant is what are the benefits for them, right? And that's thinking all about you should it that be thinking way. about. And in terms of like if there's a backup in the kitchen and something taking longer, for instance, then they can be like, hey, we got this downtime. People are getting restless, you know, that their food is taking a while. We can distract them from that restlessness with some good quality entertainment and Absolutely. As, a, as a bonus bonus service for them. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, having that like even just like. One of one of the ways when I've done just close up situations, I haven't done many restaurants, but I have done close up situations is it's always nice when you're being introduced as like a special treat for them. So mm-hmm. like, oh, the manager wanted me to come over and talk to you. You know, I so used to have the servers actually do it, mm-hmm. not not introduce yeah. me, but basically let them know that I was present. Hey, he might come around, you know, blah, blah, blah. And a lot of times a server would come over and say, hey, table 26, whatever. Sure. Um, you know, that sort of thing is, is waiting for you. you know, that sort of thing. So um, then you're not approaching the table cold and you mm-hmm. have an in already because that's the hardest thing is to break that ice at the beginning. Yeah. yeah. I think the truth of the matter is, though, in most cases, if you're working a restaurant for two, three hours a night, you're going to eventually be approaching some tables cold no matter what. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. my approach was always I want them to know who I am and what I'm doing right off the bat. Some people do this whole, oh, did you drop this uh, pocket fork? knife? And then. <laughs> Yeah, old pocket knife, and then just start going into bits. And like, that was never my thing. Like, mm-hmm. I want them to know who I am, what I'm doing right off the bat. I'm not trying to swindle them into watching what I'm going to do. Right. I, I would approach the table, ask how everything is. So maybe initially for like a second, they might assume I'm a manager. Right. But I'm because not trying to convince them of that. Because that's a common thing that when you're out at a restaurant eating, a manager might step up and be like, how is everything? So that's not an unwelcome interruption if they're like right. having a serious conversation or anything like that, you know, or just mm-hmm. hanging out with someone. So that's a good way to do it is be like, I am part of this restaurant to make your experience better and have that attitude. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't remember what my pitch was because we're going back here uh, quite a bit of years, but it was something along the lines of how is everything? My name's Matt Franco. I'm actually the resident magician here at such and such restaurant. Uh, would you like to see something? I think it was probably as simple as that. Yeah, I think that's While great. you're waiting for your food. Would you like to see a little something while you're waiting for your meal or something mm-hmm. along mm-hmm. those lines? You know, straightforward to the point. And sometimes they will say yes, and sometimes they will say no. And no matter what, 
you have to take that answer and respect it. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything to not asking an open-ended question like that? Because like if you're if all the tables are saying no, right? Then oh, you're not well, working. I, I generally didn't have that issue. Sure. No, but <laughs> that's what I'm always would be afraid of if I was doing restaurant work. It's right. like now I'm just walking around aimlessly, the manager looks over and I'm not performing anything, so it's like why are we hiring this guy? Right. No, it's your job to make make them definitely enticed to see right. it for sure. So so my advice was going to be uh, you know, practice just in any situation, uh, I don't I don't know how old necessarily you are, Ulrich, so it's not maybe like you don't maybe go to cocktail parties or anything like that. But any like social situation where there's small groups of people and you don't know people, like work on those social skills first of like how to enter those conversations naturally, I think, in a way that's not like I'm forcing myself into this conversation in a way that's not, um, you know, respectable or whatnot. So just develop those social skills at the same time so that when you do add the magic in for when you approach tables, it's not like, oh, this seems like a nice person. I want to get to know them as well. And it's just it's all kind of attitude and personality along with that opening pitch that you were saying, Matt. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a great, great tip. And I think it the toughest one, the icebreaker is that first one or two tables, mm-hmm. depending on how large the restaurant is. But once you get a big party yeah, or, or even a small party and you just see these people are laughing and having a good time, right? other tables start sort of rubbernecking and saying, oh, what's going on over there? Come over to our table. I mean, you become the, the, the thing that everyone wants at their table. You become the reason eventually a, a little bit of a following where people are coming for that. Um, so like getting those first couple, even... Every, every time you go in, that first table sometimes is the toughest one to engage with. Mm-hmm. But once people see them laughing and having a good time, uh, it becomes easier. Same thing at a cocktail hour or a private event. You work one group at one corner of the room and then another group diagonally across from that at the other corner. And eventually you work all four corners and the whole room is just buzzing with excitement if you do it right. Yeah, I was going to say the exact same kind of tip of like, even if you have something flashy or like something big, I know uh, some places allow like, you know, a, a bit of flash paper, a little burst of flame, you know, mm-hmm. causes everyone's attention and they're curious, like what what is happening over there? So then again, you don't have to approach these tables cold because they're already kind of intrigued. Of like, why is that group having so much fun? Why are they mm-hmm. why are they ooing and eyeing? You know, it's like, oh, I want to be part of that. And then you be like, oh. You can introduce yourself. I saw you noticing. I'll show you a special performance for you as well. You know, right? So, so then you can get in there and 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 it's also just figuring out the timing of how the restaurant works is so that you know, you know, you're coordinating with the wait staff and you're trying to get there prior to a meal or at the end of a meal while they're waiting for the checks. So right. that you know, you know where the natural downtimes of the eating, you know, ritual occurs. Uh, when, when you go to a restaurant. So. And it's a perfect tie-in. You know, we talked about getting cut off to go to a commercial break in a talk show. <laughs> yeah, Think yeah. about the amount of experience I've had with that when I'm in the middle of a routine and the food shows up. Mm-hmm. That's it. That takes priority. They're at a restaurant. They're yeah, not at a magic show. You're They're done. there to eat. <laughs> yeah. So, the, if, so as soon as that tray comes out, mm-hmm. your routine's over. Yeah, Forget exactly. it. Exactly. Figure out how to get out right in that spot. Boom, done. Yeah, you, you can't be like, oh, uh, yeah, wait for your food to cool a little bit just so I can show you three more phases of my linking rings. You know? No. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nope. So choose your material carefully and make sure you have ins and outs at mm-hmm. every single moment. Yeah, stopping um, points. I don't know if it's easier or harder now um, because yeah. now – COVID times. Yeah, I was just well, going to say. <laughs> n- not even COVID, actually. Uh, I was going to – that too – 
But I mean, the other thing that's changed dramatically since uh, 10 years ago, before it was always showing up to a table and having to sort of interrupt a conversation. And sometimes people don't want to see what you're going to perform because they're having an important conversation Mm -hmm. and that's okay too, or because they're having a business meeting or because they don't feel like it or whatever. But now I have to imagine you're interrupting two people who are both looking at devices. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, I feel like, uh, yeah, I think that might be easier because they're not necessarily talking to each other. So they're just like, hey, can I like that could be your line. Can I interrupt your Instagram scroll for a little bit? You know, like (laughs) whatever it is. Uh, Right. But like if you see people who are like in tears breaking up, maybe it's not the best time to go show them your hippity hop rabbits. You know. <laughs> so just being aware of the situation before you approach is, a, right. is just to get an idea of what you're getting into. <laughs> right. It is. I, I'd, I'd love to talk to some current restaurant workers and see if that's a mm-hmm. thing now where they might even walk up to a table of five where yeah. everybody's on a phone. Yeah. Which is sad to me. And in New York, too, I mean, like I'm saying, like, we've got all these outdoor dining areas now. And, you know, with the pandemic, I'm sure it's like a whole nother idea and getting people comfortable with, uh, you know, someone who, you know, is handing you props and everything like that. So I think there's all mm-hmm. these other extra, you know, obstacles to think about. Mm-hmm. But your goal, whenever it comes to any obstacles, is to how do I find a solution that alleviates that fear or that hesitation from people so that they can be gung-ho and be like, yeah, we are interested in you and what you have to offer. And, oh, you found a solution that makes me comfortable. Sure, I'll see see a trick. And also gauge them as they're watching the first trick to see if they want to continue seeing magic. Because maybe they were just being polite and were like, yeah, I'll see one. And then read your audience, please. Read that audience, because nothing's (laughs) worse than overstaying your welcome. Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah, those are, those are my tips. And, um, did you have the, did you want to talk about like trying to pitch the restaurant at all? Yeah. We touched upon it for sure. Of definitely, you know, saying the benefits, like you were saying, going on an off night when the restaurant might be a little slower, um, saying you're a problem solver, you're going to solve those downtimes between, um, you know, where there's kitchen mishaps or there's a long wait at the line. So just saying, do, I mean, you're, you're the marketing guy, Matt, <laughs> you know, that get, was, a, get a meeting, major... get a meeting. Get a meeting with the decision maker, whether it's the owner or manager, mm-hmm. what have you. And that can be as informal as walking in and asking to speak with them. And you mm-hmm. may have to follow up, of course. Um, offer a free night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Offer a free night. Show what you do. Yeah, and don't be afraid to uh, you know, prove the benefits that you're offering Yeah, mm-hmm. first. And then they'll see, oh, this is great. And then also, as you're thinking about that, you know, if you get a good restaurant gig, I know so many of my friends who then turn those leads from the restaurant into other shows. Yeah, so I think could, that's one of the benefits for the performer. For the performer, for sure, is just to meet people, and now they are accustomed to what you do, and you'll often get like, hey, do you do birthday parties, or can you right. do my you know, company party in the fall, or whatever? Yeah, you know, what do you do? You know, those you get fall, to tell them what you do. You know those fall company parties? I don't know why I said fall and not like Christmas or winter mm-hmm. or holiday ones, but a big Halloween party, yeah. <laughs> and uh, this is a total, uh, this would be like a total preference thing, but I, I, I never accepted tips. Mm. Yeah. Now you can, and people, right. I mean, depending on if the restaurant's okay with that, but like some, I know some people do, um, but for me, it, was, it always just made sense to, to command a fee I was happy with mm-hmm. to be there. And I, I, I felt that if you're accepting, you know, small tips of money that 
you're, you're much less likely to be able to command the fee that you want on for those weekends and so on. So it's a branding decision. It's up to you what you want to do. But um, I, I, I believe there is a lot about this in a, a book called More Show, a pamphlet, a book called More Shows, More Money by our friend C.J. Johnson. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's a lot about this and whether or not to accept mm-hmm. tips and probably booking restaurants and things like that. And it's a great read. And I know there's uh, plenty of um, books and literature in the magic world about restaurant material and how to get those gigs. And I know uh, our friend Jim Sisti has some of those books as well. Yep. Uh, so check those out uh, for, for more advice from uh, the, re- the workers who are still doing it. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, Matt, my voice is killing me right now, as you can maybe hear. Uh, yeah. So we billboarded it. Well, yeah. How's your voice going? No, mine, mine's By the good, way, man. I, hopefully I, that solved, answered Ulrich, and feel free to write in if you had any other questions about restaurant work before we uh, switch yeah, topics. Yeah, if we yeah. didn't answer your question, yeah. look, we tried. Okay, yeah. we tried. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 people always say you get tired, you know, uh, mm-hmm. doing so many shows. Is it draining physically? and? More than anything that has suffered over the years is my voice. I will lose it occasionally. And I'm not talking about being sick. I'm talking about my voice being worn out and street performers Mm -hmm. deal with this. Um, The pandemic was an amazing break for my vocal cords, apparently, because it's been so strong lately. Mm -hmm. Um, But travel can have an effect on it. I think lack of sleep can have a huge effect on it. Absolutely. Um, Every once in a while, I'll be doing a show and I'll do like a... Um, I guess what a, a singer would classify as falsetto, where you do like a woo or something like that, and it just won't come out, right? Right, right, like right. Like it, it just won't be there. Uh, or are there other little intonation vocal things that I happen to do during the show? There was a couple um, times at this wedding when I was trying to sing along and just nothing coming out. Nothing coming out. Oh, yeah, send me to a wedding and then watch me do a show the next yeah. day. There will be tons of things not coming out. I, my whole show will be in a different key. Yeah, yeah. Lower, <laughs> Lower register. We bring it yeah. down a whole step, you know, um, which is actually true. Yeah. Because I have, you know, a certain cadence and it, it mm-hmm. changes when, when you can't hit those quote unquote notes. I know it's weird to talk about it in singing terms here, but... Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you have any tips? Travel is a a huge aspect of like how you can, I think, lose your voice or I don't want to say hurt your voice because it's not necessarily a permanent damage thing we're Mm -hmm. talking about Mm -hmm. here. But do you does it happen to you? How do you handle it? Yeah, it's happening to me now. Uh, Mm -hmm. But it's uh, but being a voice major in college, like you learn the tips on how to, you know, really help your voice when you're feeling groggy or cruddy in there as well. But are there maintenance things before it gets to that point? That's what I want to know. Sure. Yeah. Well, once it's happening, obviously, like uh, honey with uh, tea, honey in your tea and that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. or water with lemon, but not too cold water because that can, you know, be a little bit jarring to your throat as well mm-hmm. but i think the yeah, i always drink room temp yes and then also um just like going on vocal rest when you're feeling a little bit of it like don't try not to speak during the day when you don't have to i would have there would be people vocalists who literally had signs that said vocal rest that they would hang around their necks and mm-hmm. you'd be like okay <laughs> it seems a little little out there but you know they're they're worrying about their voice and it needs to rest in order for it to heal uh, but I think the number one thing, and I see most performers uh, who who are losing their voice a lot, it tends to be just lack of breath support. Mm-hmm. And so using your, like really speaking from your diaphragm, so these vocal warm-ups you can do before your shows as well, but like mostly breathing, because a lot of like, and I think it's, 
pop singing's to blame a lot. People see people kind of projecting and belting from their throat rather than from their stomach mm -hmm. instead. So if you think like, oh, if I take deep breaths, your diaphragm is a muscle right below your, you know, rib cage and your in your lungs, and just thinking like almost like breathing down to the floor and expanding your front and back, like like there's an inner tube around you and filling mm -hmm. that up, taking those deep low breaths and then using that kind of floor as the support for your breath. That's gonna help in the long run. So that you can also project better and you don't have to feel like you're shouting or any or speaking from that throat. No, I'm like, as you're saying this, I'm like taking deep breaths, trying to do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, trying exactly. to fill up. Um, no, that that's amazing. I, uh, I, I, I just wonder, like maintenance wise, I'm, I'm constantly thinking of it during the show because mm -hmm. I do a decent amount of, I'll call it projecting, but there's also sort of like yelling at excited yeah. moments. And my voice feels really strong and it's it, lately, which is great. And I want to be able to maintain that and keep it there to not get to that point where I was before the pandemic, where I was constantly trying to get it back. Yeah. Um, because if you are a performer who speaks or sings or whatever, um, your voice is such an important part of the show. It's probably the majority of the audio the audience is taking in mm -hmm. and comedians record their audio all the time, but I don't think magicians do. And Eugene Berger, right. The late Eugene Berger, late, great Eugene Berger used to give this tip to listen to the audio of your show, mm -hmm. just the audio. Like it should be entertaining just listening to it. Right, right. And and it's such an important part that is overlooked and just having a voice that's either, well, depending on what you want, maybe you want it to be pleasing to listen to. Maybe you want it to be scary or unsettling or fun or whimsical. But whatever it is that you, you should put some thought into what you want it to be and mm -hmm. listen to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then it's part part of that was him talking about scripting too, so that you're avoiding absolutely. all the downside. But there's definitely a, a element of the audio quality because, like, if you watch YouTube videos or any video, uh, audio is so important. Like, you can save a bad video that has bad visual quality as long as it has good audio. But often yes. the case, it's not the other way around. Like right. if you have amazing image, but then, you know, you got a really bad microphone or like anything like that, there's crackling sounds or it's not up to the quality, then it's really, really difficult um, to stay engaged because there's something evolutionary about like us hearing things. I think it even goes back to like, you know, hunter gathering days when you're always so attuned to any, you know, predators coming. So that's the first thing you hear. You hear things before you see them. So I think mm -hmm. that's why our, our hearing is, is kind of heightened. Uh, so I think that's that you got You really got to think about the, the auditory element of your show so that people stay engaged. And dairy isn't particularly good for the voice, is that right? Uh, yeah, no, that that just it just makes things all gooey and cruddy in there. <laughs> uh, any other things that are like stay away from right before an important, you know, if you're performing a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, and this is true. If you're performing yeah. for three hours at a restaurant, you know, mm -hmm. you don't have to have a show in Vegas to right. to lose your voice performing. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I think there are other just, things. Regular breath control. I mean, once once you're starting to feel that grossness, I mean, it's all hands on deck, like any method possible. <laughs> like, right, right. Do the the tea with honey. Do the. I have a spray lemon. called Performer Secret that you can mm -hmm. spray in your throat that's supposed to help. Lozenges, mm -hmm. you know, like anything you can do. Uh, but doing regular like vocal warm ups before the show, that's good, just to keep you know, so that your vocal cords aren't going from zero to sixty. So that which isn't something I do. Do you do right. that? 
Occasionally, for yeah. some bigger shows, especially if my vo- I'm feeling it in my voice, right? Um, you yeah, know, I do don't. Some, I do it occasionally, right? Do yeah. some like lip trills or like uh, right. you know humming. Um, mm-hmm. Anything to like open up. Uh, if you've got a cold, it's great. Like to do nasally things to kind of op- uh, open up that grossness in your sinuses, mm-hmm. um, and just kind of like yeah, just uh, you know like weird sounds. Like l- lip trills are like basically buzzing your lips, so just going like. <laughs> and doing like big arcs up and down all through your um register so from your right. high pitches to your low pitches so you're just kind of warming that up so that that's a fun easy one to do i do that yeah. sometimes just driving in you know of course yeah well but that's that's because you think you're your engine since you drive an electric guitar <laughs> elect, right. electric car you have to make the engine noise yeah it's so quiet i get nervous so i just pretend <laughs> that's it <laughs> exactly so yeah no, that's th- great I think those are just some general tips and uh, and just yeah be know when you're shouting too <laughs> just to yeah, be aware. Yeah, and that I I've learned a lot about that and I I know where the yells are now and I know to to breathe deep before them and try to project it from the diaphragm. Right, right. Because if you're screaming from the throat, I mean, just even like like trying to do some of those yelling in a like a almost a higher register so that it's not as like ugh, like trying to low yell low is like <laughs> right. really bad you know and right. the sound will carry further than you think and kind of opening your mouth so that, like the back of your teeth are open so it resonates more rather than pushing the sound out you know this is going to sound crazy but like if you wear a microphone whether it's an ear set mic or a lapel mic make sure your levels are correct oh yeah <laughs> yeah for sure right mhm i mean mm-hmm. If it's if it's if the mic's not hot enough, you're gonna find yourself projecting right. harder and not maybe not realize it. And and do those different vocal and volume changes during your sound check because I use a handheld, yes. so I need to gauge if I am projecting how far away from the mic I can do that so that mm-hmm. it still sounds almost balanced to the audience, you know, mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. you're not screaming into a microphone. No one wants that. Yes. <laughs> Nobody wants that. And let me tell you, audience members do it all the time. Yeah. That's a microphone, sir. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> realizes that projects your voice. <laughs> anyway, uh, this has been an amazing episode. We do still have some uh, goals and plugs and things mm-hmm. here. Um, but other than that, I've got, I've got family in town. Nice. Good. So we're going uh, to be jetting off here in just a moment. But what's going on with you? Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm just looking forward to this week coming up. I've got a, a couple gigs uh, down. In, I'm down in D.C. for a private event, and then I got a virtual show. But by the time this comes out, those will already happen. But my goal will be uh, to work and get my virtual show and make sure all that software is up and running, uh, which was sort of my goal last week. Uh, and then also, so I'm going to continue that. And then to I didn't really get to open up the mentalism book that I did take with me on the road. I just mm-hmm. kind of took it for a trip just so this book could see the world, but I didn't mm-hmm. open it at all. <laughs> so I'm going to try and open it this this next week uh, when I have a little bit more downtime. And then uh, and then maybe uh, maybe take a look at our little website here. And, uh, there you see, go. See how we can do here. All right. Like, give I, it the old diddleman touch, if you yeah, will. Yeah, absolutely. And get in touch with Alex and see what we could do there. So uh, those are my goals. What about you, Matt? You wanted to get a trivia book. That one's going to carry over to the next week, by the way. <laughs> surprise, surprise. We're going to carry over the mm-hmm. trivia book purchase process. Gotcha. Make it sound really official. You know, the okay. trivia book purchase process. It's a really, mm-hmm. it's a thing. Um, hey, man, th- today's an exciting day. We just are, we're going on sale today for our 2022 dates. 
Oh, excellent. Las Vegas residency at the Link Hotel and Experience, Matt Franco Theater. We're going, uh, all our shows are going to be on sale from January through uh, the first half of the 2022. I think through the, through the beginning of July. So uh, if, plan your trips, get your tickets. Uh, we are going on sale for 2022, which is very, very exciting. And that's happening great. literally right now. That is great. That's awesome, man. <clears throat> Oh, my voice is just totally gone now. Didn't we just go over this? Come I know, on. I know. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, that's fantastic. Get your tickets to Matt's show, uh, 2022. Anything planning in 2022 is exciting uh, to yes. hear. And uh, I'll be um, – I'm still um, booking my holiday season, so feel free to reach out, uh, ericdittleman.com. Uh, and then also throughout the year, uh, if you're at the college booking conference, feel free to uh, yeah bring me to your school as well. So just uh, contact me through my website, and, uh, yeah. That's about it. Uh, if you want to follow us on all the social medias, hit us at Mind Magic Pod. Uh, some people have been messaging us through that, uh, which is a great way to get in touch. Or you can email us at mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com, and we can read your mail on the mailbag. So, thank you for listening. Thank, thank you for you. listening. Alex, you rock. Yes, you rock. Thank you so much. Matt, it was good talking to you. I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. See you.